know that some in our audience know the finer points of hockey. The Chris Johnston Show. We are your friends. The biggest stories, bringing you inside the game. What did you hear? The Chris Johnston Show, powered by Sports Interaction. Want to bet? What is going on? Here's Chris with your host, Julian McKenzie. Part of the game. By the time you get this episode, you will be moments away from game five. What are you doing with that towel? What is this? <laughs> Hey! Get in the mood, man. Get in the mood. Whoa, 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 sir. Decorum? Professionalism? What is going on with the towel? What is this? Every building everywhere has a white towel. This is this is not supporting a team. This is waving a towel. We're in the playoffs, brother. We're in the playoffs. I mean, I, I get that. But you also understand who, who consumes these episodes and the location that you're in and the stakes the stakes that come with a game like tonight. So when you wave the towel, it's like, hey, what's going on? I mean, come on. You've been watching the playoffs. They do it in every building. I have Tam- been watching the playoffs. Tam- they do. Tampa, they had, what, they had white towels too. We just didn't record an episode while I was in Tampa. But that's not, that's not, not in, su- towels. That's not in support of anyone. I'm just merely saying that, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm bringing my game face. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah. By the way, no, we know we don't have any dogs in the race. There's no horses. If you want supportive for one particular team, the SDP is there for that. That being said, there are a lot of people who listen to the show who are excited at the prospect of something that could happen for the first time in 19 years. Something that was brought up uh, and I mentioned in our group chat today. Uh, and if you listen to Zone Time, you probably heard this uh, game over Edmonton host uh, Avery Lewis McDougall brought up on the 2004 Leafs team. There was a player who, in their rookie season, had played with Dave Keon. That's how long it has been uh, since the Leafs uh, have advanced beyond the first round. Like, I mean, we we know for fans it'll be a big deal if this happens. What does this mean uh, if, like, like just kind of take us through that possibility, that that potentiality of that happening? Well, I think let's look at it from both sides of the possibility here. If the Leafs win in game five, um, you know, they erase a lot of the narrative that they've built up over these last six seasons, right? It's not just winning the franchise's first playoff series in nearly two decades. It's this was a team that couldn't get it done, that didn't have killer instinct, that has faced many, you know, games in the past, nine of them as we're recording this in a row, where if they won, they'd move on to the next round and were unable to do so. You know, to, to do it potentially against a Tampa Bay team, to do it in the manner they have with big comeback wins in games three and four in Tampa. I mean, this, this is a massive, massive opportunity to just kind of wipe the slate clean. And, you know, maybe some of those questions will still persist. I know fans, I'm sure Steve will never feel comfortable ever. He's always going to be waiting for something bad to happen, but you know, you have to admit some good things have happened here. I mean, seeing the Leafs erase a four, one lead in the third period uh, was a, a new twist during this series, you know, having a comeback win in game three and winning in overtime, uh, where, you know, really Ilya Samsonov stole that a big chunk of that game three with, with some of the saves he made and Tampa really putting the pressure on. So that that's, that's what's here. You know, the flip side, Julian, which, you know, maybe you're listening to this, you know, what's happened, but it, you know, we're the Leafs to lose game five. I think you reintroduce some of those concepts. Again, you reintroduce the idea of demons and that, that for whatever reason, this is a team that can't play its best when it has a chance for that, for that ultimate moment and and you know i think that the fun of this game both right now as we're going into it but even if you've heard this after it is just seeing 
where they end up. It feels like a, a really big moment for the franchise. And, you know, obviously Tampa's a behemoth in the league that they, they had a tough regular season, but you know, they, they've got all the experience on their side and at least have grafted a few Ryan O'Reilly's and Luke Shen's and Nola Chari's and players that have been on playoff runs, but the, the core players are trying to get something done for the very, very first time. Tell me I'm wrong. The Toronto Maple Leafs will not prove to me they're a different team than in years past if they lose game five. Tell me I'm wrong. Well, I don't think you're wrong because if, if that happens, almost no matter how it happens, honestly, uh, and, and that, that, there's a range of ways to lose games, right? Sometimes you get blown right out of the building. Other times it's a bad bounce or a crazy play. I mean, but I, I think that the, that will still be a fair sort of notion that they have to try to wash away. And, you know, the reality is teams that lead 3-1 in a series have won 91% of those series in NHL history. And we're talking 300-plus series of, you know, data there. So it's not a small percentage. I mean, the odds are heavily in Toronto's favor because they have a chance to do it three times, even if they were to lose the game five, right? Um, but, you know, I, I think that that what's so key about the game five is, well, there's a couple of things. We're focused largely, you know, people around the, the team every day, you know, winning their first playoff series since 2004. Well, where the players and organization is focused on is winning four rounds this spring and trying to get to the Stanley Cup final and, and, and raise a trophy. And the best way to do that, it's proven over time, is to wrap your series up early. And so that's the other flip side of this. I mean, forget the forget the narratives and the, the demons and the ghosts and all those things, which I do think there is some, there's a realness to that. I mean, it's something that's got to be in the back of the, the minds of the players that have been through all those experiences. Uh, but, but in addition, there's a, just a chance to wrap up their series early, take a few days before playing the winner of Boston, Florida. You know, that's, that's important usually in, in having a long playoff run. It's, it's hard to play seven game series, seven game series, seven game series, and still expect to be any good come June. Okay. We also need to bring up the Tampa Bay lightning in this too. If they if their season ends Thursday night, I mean, talk about being a disappointment, but like, does that close the chapter on one of the more dominant runs in the salary cap era? This is a team that went to three consecutive Stanley Cup finals, has logged so many hours and games of hockey over the last little while. And let's be real, like all the injuries that they suffered throughout the year, like they're, we were wondering if Victor Hedden was going to be able to play at different points in the series. Like, it's it's a, it's a big talking point, but on top of that, the blown leads at different points in the regular season didn't feel as if all those guys were on the same level. We we should talk about this season for the Tampa Bay Lightning and the fact that it's on the brink. But you know, what other factors can we discuss with this? Well, you know, for me, all it does it breaks the chain, right? Obviously, it would end the three straight years going to the final, which in and of itself is just an impressive, you know, rarely accomplished thing in in all of NHL history. But I don't think it ends the lightning as as an organization, as a team to be reckoned with. I mean, I for me, it gives them a longer offseason. I'm not saying they will want these things, of course. I'm trying to look at the silver lining of what it, if, in, the, in the event that this happens. When If you're them, you wake up the next day, you got to figure out where you go from here. They finally get a full summer to, to rehab, relax, do what they're going to do. Julian Breesbaugh in his front office, for my money, is still among the absolute best, maybe the best, smartest, best run uh, front office in the entire league. Sure, they got some salary cap issues. They have Alex Kalorn. Can they can they convince him to stick around, or is he going to leave? He's going to be the latest to leave. You know, following the list of guys like Andre Palat and Tyler Johnson and a whole host of others that have helped them have success. But I, they, they've still got too many good players that I think have too many good years left to say that this is the end. And so 
it will not surprise me, like even remotely, if the Lightning do lose in round one here, if we see them right back among the contenders in the next couple seasons. I still think that there's a there's a window of probably about two more years uh, beyond this one that for me is clear now. And and there's ways that that can be expanded. We'll see we'll see what they do. But um, yeah, I mean that that's that's kind of at stake. I mean at some point, you know, I think John Cooper's safe. Just given all that success, but maybe at some point down the line, you're looking at when you talk about changes, are you changing a coach or you know, what player moves might be made? I mean, they're going to have to keep evolving, I think, to a certain degree. But, I, you know, it's not striking midnight on the lightning, no matter how this series ends. Also, something to be considered here with all those good players, especially some of those who still have to wake up. It really wouldn't surprise me if they found a way to win game five and six and they force a game seven. I'm sorry to scare people here. This is the Tampa Bay Lightning, and until they are beaten down, you have to you have to keep that in mind. Absolutely. Well, I mean, look, Andre Vasilevsky through four games of the series has not been the guy that we think he is, that we know he is. He hasn't looked like a Vesna and Conn Smythe trophy winner, but you know, that could change in one night. All of a sudden he might you know shut the door and the, the conversation shifts. That's what's great about sports, honestly. I don't know if you saw the, the 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 rant, if you will, or the really thoughtful answer of Giannis after the Milwaukee Bucks were swept. I think it applies yes. to a lot of what we're talking about here. Is is we react to this season and, and in that moment, that's like the be all and end all. But you have to sometimes look at a long chain of events here. And and you know, the Lightning had to build up a long time and and went through some frustration and looked like, frankly, they might never get over the hump. And then now they're the ultimate winners. The Leafs obviously have have gone in the opposite direction, but. You know, in one spring and one, you know, one game, one handful of games, everything can can look differently and, and uh, changes the kind of discussion around your team. I wish we had more time for today's show because I think we could have an entire discussion on what Giannis Antetokounmpo said uh, following the Bucks losing that opening round series to Miami. Not just to focus on him primarily, but what we view as failure and how other athlete, uh, other athletes view failure through a year. Uh, and I think those two teams that we're focusing on right now, Toronto and Tampa, you know, in terms of the failures, or if they would want to see it as that, that is an entire discussion in itself. Uh, and I'm glad we mentioned it in some way, but like, that's, that's such a fascinating discussion to have. Just, I just want that said, because I know we don't have that much time for today's episode. I just want one last thing before we get to sports interaction. One final thing from you, Siege. Bring out the towel again. Yeah, buddy. Let's go. We going on road. Let's go. It just—that uh, was just uh, me. That's as close. That's as close as CJ will get to being at Carabana this summer, waving a rag <laughs> in the streets. And I just wanted that showed uh, before we get to sports interaction. That's all I wanted. That's all I, I love. I love the playoffs, man. I love the playoffs. Me too. Me too, man. Okay, let's get to sports interaction. You can bet that, and then we'll talk a little bit about some of the other series, and we'll get to stick taps. You can bet that with David Bastel. Brought to you by Sports Interaction. Get in the action and make a play. 19 plus. Please play responsibly. Welcome to You Can Bet That. Remember to hit up sportsinteraction.com slash SDPN for all of your gaming needs. Let's go back to the dangles doozies uh, that can be found on Sports Interaction. <laughs> I, th- I thought these ones were pretty interesting. Uh, former friends. They have two different ones here. Uh, obviously, former uh, Lightning, former Leafs players to score a goal. Uh, there is one for Luke Shen. He is uh, actually for both. It's the same rates here, but uh, for Luke Shen, yes, at plus nine hundred, no at minus five thousand. And there is one for Zach Bogosian against the Leafs, yes, at plus nine hundred, 
no at minus 5,000. If you had to pick between both of those players to score a goal today, who would you pick? I'd be going for Luke Shen. And, you know, look, neither player puts the puck in the net a lot. That's that's why it's a nice dangle doozy. But in Luke Shen's case, he's playing 18 minutes a night in this series. I mean, he's he's been playing more, quite frankly, than I would have guessed entering the playoffs. And I think he's played great. It's not... uh, you know, certainly not a comment on, on his performance. And so just by virtue of the fact he's going to be out on the ice more than Bogosian, I would expect. Uh, I think his odds of scoring are a little bit higher, although if you look across the history of both of those players' career, not not a lot of pucks have hit the back of the twine off their stick. Okay. All right. You heard it here first, people. Uh, Luke Shen. But if you want to pick Zach Bogosian, that is available for you too at sportsinteraction.com slash S. Uh, don't forget to check out sportsinteraction.com slash SDPN for all the best odds before game, in game, best props. Sportsinteraction.com slash SDPN. This episode of the Chris Johnston Show is brought to you by Manscaped. Friends, family, and loved ones, I bet you haven't purchased a Father's Day gift yet, have you? Not to fear, the leaders in Below the Waist Grooming are here. I'm talking about our friends at Manscaped. They're saving the day yet again with the total package for the father figure in your life this time of year. It's time to upgrade his game from waist to face with this exclusive offer. Have him join the 8 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get 20% off plus free shipping with the code CJSHOW at Manscaped.com. Let's start. With the Ultimate Father's Day MVP, the Performance Package 4.0, you will find the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, a brand new Weed Whacker 2.0 for ear and nose, uh, for ear and your nose, uh, the Crop Preserver Ball deodorant, Crop Provider for toner, uh, Performance Boxer briefs, and even a nice travel bag to hold the goodies. And the goodies in this case, all the stuff I just mentioned in the package. And you can't forget about the money maker, the Beard Hedger Pro Kit for fathers around the world. Uh, You get the beard shampoo as well, conditioner, beard oil, beard balm, two free gifts with their signature beard comb and scissors. Beard comb and scissors, they look real dope. Uh, Whether you're mowing the lawn, taking out the trash, or golfing in the sun like any other dad would do, these moisture wicking boxers, the boxers we just mentioned before, the performance boxer briefs, they're actually really cool. So, you know, give them to your dad, among other things. Get 20% off free shipping with the code CJShow at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code CJShow. Make this Father's Day one he will never forget with Manscaped. As you know, the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs are well underway. Toronto, Edmonton, and Winnipeg each locked into exciting series at this point in time. And of course, the SDPN has you covered on all of the NHL playoff action. Steve, Adam, and Jesse are enjoying this Leaf series. So far, the Steve Dangle podcast has been on fire through these first few games. I'll tell you what, man, if if, if the Leafs actually win this series, it's going to be crazy. Steve might not even have a voice after that LFR. And Chris and Julian over on the Chris Johnston show are crushing it. That's a really nice thing for them to say. Thanks, guys. I'm glad that was written in the ad read. That's I really appreciate that. They've got all the latest from across the league. Tons of playoff action as well as what is going on behind the scenes. Man, this this is a great place to work out here praising us for what we do on this show. This is great. Uh, make sure you check out both the SDP and the CJ Show now on your favorite podcast app, Apple, Spotify, wherever we are there. Or watch full episodes anytime on the SDPN YouTube channel. So, uh, CJ, how do you feel about your Stanley Cup pick, uh, the Edmonton Oilers, who 
looked to be in trouble at certain points against Los Angeles Kings. They now have a chance uh, in a couple of days on Saturday uh, to put uh, the Los Angeles Kings out of their misery. Yeah, I mean, you certainly saw some separation between the teams in game five. I mean, really, the first four games of that series were pretty darn close and included some overtime games and comebacks and all those sorts of things. Uh, but, you know, I, I'm still not totally comfortable. The, the Kings, to me, have looked great in the series. And you have a dynamic here, Julian. I I can't recall this ever happening. It might have somewhere along the line, but three off days in a series is a lot. And and I'm not, I'm not sure who it favors. I and mean, I'm not even saying it, it definitively favors one team or the other. But But certainly there's a chance if you're L.A. to – maybe regroup in a way you wouldn't, you know, coming off a tough loss in game five, um, you know, maybe it benefits Edmonton. You know, there's some talk of Connor McDavid, perhaps nursing uh, a bit of a, an injury that he's been able to play through. And I'm sure others on the roster. So you know, I'm not saying it, it it's one team is advantaged over the other, but it is a different dynamic than usually you see where you're almost on the pace of at this stage, you get this late in the series. It's just like travel game, travel game. Um, you know, there's, there's time for everyone to sit around and start thinking too much and, you know, game planning to a different degree than normal. So we'll see how it goes. But, you know, I think broadly speaking, I look at the Western Conference, I think it's wide open. I'm sure we'll touch on it, but with Colorado potentially getting knocked out here in the first round, I mean, this is setting up pretty well for a team like Edmonton that that has big ambitions. And, and I think they've been tested against LA, but but to me, with two chances to get it done, including at, at worst, the game seven on home ice, I think they've got a, a great chance to, to get through now and put uh, put their own long playoff run together just like last spring. You know, I can admit maybe saying putting them out of their misery is a bit strong when it comes to the, to the LA Kings because they are still a really good team. Just that last game, obviously not going the way that they would want to. Phoenix Copley even coming into the game at some point as well. Uh, but yeah, the fact that the Edmonton Oilers are in the driver's seat here and at worst they could have this go back to seven back in Edmonton. Like they they they... This is where I expected the Edmonton Oilers to be in this situation. Sure. But if you're LA, you're doing what every team does in this situation. You're saying just win one at home and then we'll take our chances in game seven. I mean, Edmonton does not want any part of a game seven for the same reasons I was talking about Toronto situation. You want to get through these series as, as quickly as you can. I think that the rest can be beneficial and, and uh, just a few less miles on the body as you, you try to work your way through the gauntlet that is the playoffs. And, um, you know, the, the Oilers though, I'm, I'm feeling good about it. Cause there's no one in the, uh, the Western half of the draw that I've now seen, you know, through a week and a half of playoff games that I think is better, like clearly better in this moment. And so I, I still think the Oilers are set up to, to make it all the way to the cup final, but you need some good breaks along the way. You're going to need some good health. And obviously you need those star players continuing to, to be at their best too. Can we talk about uh, McDavid and and because this is like footage that has at least when we're recording that's just kind of coming out. Ryan Rashog uh, taking a little bit of video of, of McDavid at practice and he he seems to suggest that it could be a sore leg. He's trying to shake that off. What would what, you know about that right now? Well, I don't have specifics on an injury, but I think it does make some sense. And and you know Connor McDavid's far from the only one that that's in that position. But the fact that it could be a lower body injury, you know, has a certain effect on a player like that, just given how well he skates and, and what a differentiator that is in his game from, from basically any opponent he comes up against. And so, yeah, he's looks like he's battling through something. I mean, Leon Dreisaitl had the high ankle sprain during last year's playoffs and kept playing and still put up a lot of points. I mean, this is, this is kind of par for the course. Uh, but obviously when you're talking about the best player in the game and, and sort of the emotional heartbeat of the Oilers, you're, you're a little concerned that that, 
that could become something that keeps him out of the lineup because that that that's where you really have some trouble is if you 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 take Connor McDavid out of the Oilers lineup, I don't think it's a hot take to say it's going to be tough to replace his minutes at the level he gives them. Um, and, you know, we've seen some other teams have to face that, you know, at the Avalanche playing without Makar and Nikushkin, you know, you got Victor Hedman missed a game for the Lightning. They got pumped 7-2 in that game. Like, when, when, you, when you miss those guys that are just get the, the rock rolling in the right direction that play so many minutes that you can trust and rely on as a coach, the trickle-down effect can be ugly. And, and so, you know, let's hope for, for Connor's sake and the Oilers' sake that, that it doesn't become something that's bigger than that. I mean, he took a big hit earlier in the series, if you remember, from Drew Doughty, and you just have to wonder if something happened in that case. Um, anything else you want to mention about the series? Was that a fan who just walked by? What, what was that? What was that? No, it was a chef. One of the, the chefs just stuck behind me. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Gotta say, I love, uh, these on location shots, uh, for the podcast. Like these are, these are just awesome. They just look really cool. Yeah, they do. And it's, it's handy for me to be able to do it right in the middle of my day. So it, it works out perfect. Perfectly. Uh, anything else you wanted to mention about the Oilers uh, King series before I, uh, you know what we can mention the Kraken having the series lead on the avalanche. Uh, not really. Other than I just can't believe there's three days between games. I assume that's NBA related, you know, having a, a lot of NBA playoff games played under the rink there, or the arena there in LA, but uh, it's very strange. I mean, I'm getting older by the day, but just waiting for the next game for that series. Yeah. Did you see, there's a, there's a fun video I saw over the weekend where they show all the stadium workers at uh, the arena formerly known as Staples, uh, where they take off, like they, they they legit like take off the floor for, for the Lakers. They put in the surface for the ice. Then they take it off and they put it for the Clippers. Then they flip it for the Lakers again. Like so much going on at the Crip right now. Uh, well, the Clippers are done, but like really interesting video. If you've seen it, I'm sure there are different ones who have showed it over social media, but I don't know if you've seen it, but it's really cool. Really. I haven't seen it, but I've been in the building a lot, actually, when that's happened. I mean, I've covered the most games of my career here at Scotiabank Arena in Toronto. The Raptors play here so often after a game, you're still writing your story, and the, the Raptors court is somehow out there already. Like they, It's amazing how quickly they transform it. I think, actually, Boston might be the best at it. They, they've definitely had Celtics games and Bruins games in the same day, uh, as I know they've done in L.A., too. But that's, that's really something where you're changing it out and having two different sports at two different times. Maybe we'll have that in round two if the Bruins get through because it looks like the Celtics are going to play on too. That is very true. Okay, let's get to what's bracken with the Kraken because they have a 3-2 series lead on the Colorado Avalanche. How surprised are you at that? What are your impressions on that? Well, I'm surprised. I mean, we look, we, we've already recorded our predictions and I don't recall either of us giving Seattle much of a puncher's chance in that series and, and full value to them. I mean, look, the, the, the thing that we highlighted for sure before about them is coming true though. Like they're getting scoring from everywhere. And I think that's a real benefit to their lineup, you know, and let's not overlook, they have players who've, you know, scored big goals. Who've been part of big moments before I look at Yanni Gord, just having a whale of a game uh, for Seattle in game five and helping them get that three, two lead. You know, Jordan Eberle scores an overtime winner. It just seems like every time, there's a big goal to be scored and Jordan Everly's in the game. You know, it's, it's coming off the, the kid skip from skate stick from Saskatchewan there. Um, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? Jordan yeah, Everly yeah, scored a lot of big goals though. He scored a few for the Islanders too, when they had their playoff runs uh, before he, he ended up going to Seattle. And so, you know, I think they've, they've taken advantage of the situation. They've scored first in all five games, which is, I mean, that's, that's, that's great to do in the playoffs. I mean, we, we've seen lots of leads erased, throughout these playoffs, but it, it's hard to, to play from behind at this time of year, generally speaking. 
And I think the Kraken are going to do it now. I mean, it's, it's still not certainly in the barn and, and, you know, Kale McCarr is coming back in the lineup for game six after serving one game suspension. So, you know, there's still, uh, that's going to be a tough final 60 minutes. Uh, if, if the Seattle is going to get the job done, but just watching how hard they play like shift after shift after shift. I, I think that, you know, they, they've given Colorado more than most of us would have guessed. And then of course the avalanche, they're not a hundred percent. They're down their entire second line from last year's cup winning team with, with Gabriel Landeskog out injured, Nazem Kadri having moved on to Calgary. And then when Val, Val Nichushkin left the series for personal reasons, I mean, it's hard to just rediscover a second line, even though they do have other good players. I think you're, you're just playing guys further up the lineup. And then McCarr has been injured and suspended. I mean, it's just been a tough year in Colorado. And I, I don't know. I got this weird feeling the Kraken are going to find their way through mostly because I don't see the three, two lead they have right now as, as luck. Like I, I think in watching the games, they've, they've been value for the wins that they've got. And, and now they've got two cracks to, you know, it's, it's not quite Vegas of their expansion year, but to see them win potentially a playoff series in their second year of existence. I mean, that would be quite something. Absolutely. Absolutely. Just really good for that fan base. Really good for that team. That seems to be ahead of schedule and uh, nice tie to the, uh, to the tidbit. I, I mentioned earlier with, uh, with uh, the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs and the player who, uh, uh, had, had a rookie season with Dave Keon, uh, Ron Francis. He was that guy. Now he's GMing the Seattle Kraken to, and what looks like it could be on the, they on the verge of the biggest upset of the playoffs. Oh Basically. yeah. I mean, defending cup champs too. I mean, like it's quite a story. I mean, this is why when we talk about the play, like this is part of it. It was, I didn't see many people pick in Seattle and all of a sudden here they are with it, with an opportunity. How do you feel about your Winnipeg Jets pick? Our Winnipeg Jets pick. That's the one I would take back the most. That's the one that I feel like yeah. I missed. I feel like that's what I miscalculated the most. Like I really thought the jets were going to give Vegas trouble in the series. And, and other than the big comeback that they had in game three, you know, they ultimately lost the game on Michael Amadio's double overtime goal. But I just feel like Winnipeg has not done much in the series. Now the same things apply though. Now they're without Josh Morrissey. They're without Mark Shifley, you know, I've said the same about other teams when you're missing some of those players, like you, you just don't have, there's not a fountain where you can just, you know, plug someone else in and everything's going to be fine. But um, Vegas has been very good in that series. They've controlled things a lot of the time. Laurent Voissois has been up to the, the task for the most part. And I got to take a Mia culpa there, Julian, because I, I was feeling pretty good about that jets pick until about three games into the series. And I'm going, Oh shit. <laughs> Why did you say it like that? <laughs> 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 so many other things. You're all like, ah, oh, shit. <laughs> but I, I'm with you, too. I'm with you, too. Because I thought uh, with the Winnipeg Jets and the talent that they had and Connor Hellebuck uh, in goal, like he was supposed to be the best goalie in this series. I genuinely thought the Winnipeg Jets were going to steal this one from the Vegas Golden Knights. And I, too, will have to take that Mia Copa. Uh, but, yeah, pretty unfortunate for them. And, you know, we were wondering, like, what it could mean for the Leafs and the Lightning. The Jets right now, like, we've kind of alluded to this in previous episodes, but, like, I wonder what happens to them should they lose uh, their elimination game tonight. Yeah, it's, it's almost too difficult for me to say what it's going to be. Uh, for Winnipeg, but obviously, like they have such a big summer coming in 2024, uh, with with the likes of Hellebuck and Shifley and Wheeler being out of contracts, potentially Pierre Luc Dubois, although he's a restricted free agent this summer. We'll see what happens mm -hmm. with his situation. I mean, you're, you're looking at basically that 
a big part of the core of the team that decisions have to be made. And it's just hard to imagine them all being extended and resigned. Right. And so you wonder, did those decisions get made at summer early? You know, I, I think I have to see the dust settle a little more before I have a, a smoking hot take there, but I, I, it is fair to say that we might be watching kind of the end of this era of Jets hockey, that, that some of those guys that were, you know, part of their run to the Western conference final a few years ago, you know, a team that's really had a fair amount of success, just not the ultimate success that, that you were hoping for, you know, might be getting turned over here in the very near future. Um, the Panthers. Let's talk about the Panthers. Uh, Matthew Kachuk, great OT goal, keeping the Panthers alive. Sergei Bobrovsky gets his badge and gun. And he's back in net for the Panthers. How are you feeling about that potential upset? Well, the game five was great. Um, you know, the third period there, back and forth, Boston kept tying it. And, and finally, Matthew Kachuk calls game in overtime after that the, the blunder by Linus Allmark. And, you know, I still think it's going to be tough for Florida to win. Hardly a hot take. We're talking about a Bruins team that won 65 games. But there's at least the introduction of the possibly maybe seed of doubt being planted. And certainly, you know, Kachuk has lived up to kind of his reputation, I would say, as, as a player that's well-suited for this kind of hockey. I think really, like, look at the... Look at the season he's had all things in since leaving Calgary. I mean, if there were any questions about his ability to kind of carry a team or be the center uh, piece of a team, you know, where obviously he was probably a little bit in Johnny Gaudreau's shadows for a lot of years to some degree in Calgary. I mean, he, he's part of this trade. He signs a big contract and he just had a great season from start to finish. You know, he's, he appears on my hard trophy ballot. Uh, and, you know, based on what I've seen in the playoffs and some of what Paul Maurice said about him too, is pretty clear that uh, he's made a few fans uh, down in Florida. And so, you know, maybe maybe a, a positive in what's been a, a difficult campaign in a lot of ways for the Panthers after winning the President's Trophy a year ago is that that trade, you know, it's looking still pretty good for Florida. And even though this year didn't maybe pan out the way they wanted and, and it might ultimately end here in the next few days, I think that there's a lot to build on with Matthew Kachuk at this level and a centerpiece of that team. Uh, Paul Maurice yesterday when asked about Matthew Kachuk, I'm just going to read the quote verbatim here. Uh, well, at least this one particular quote. That guy is, and then you put a long string of, profan of profanity, gamer. Is he not a gamer? And by the way, when I say a long string of profanity, no, he did, he did not say a long string of profanity that was bleeped out. That is legit what he said and then said a gamer. Right. And Paul Maurice, the same Paul Maurice that went up against him in a playoff series when he was coaching Winnipeg and accused him of injuring Mark Shifley on purpose. So, I mean, it's, just shows you how crazy this, this sport is. Uh, and, and, you know, Paul made light of that. I had a chance to chat with him a couple weeks ago, and he was just talking about how, he, how much he sort of hated coaching against Kachuk and, and then to, to have that flipped entirely around now that he's seen him every day. I mean, he's, he's been uh, – you know, I'm just hoping we get a Kachuk Brothers series somewhere down the line. I mean, yes. I would love to see Brady and Matthew in a playoff series on the opposite sides. That, that would be something. That would be appointment viewing. Absolutely. Okay, two more series we have to mention as well. Uh, well, technically three, actually, because uh, well, the Carolina and the Islanders, that's still technically a thing. Um, the, I mean, give me kind of what we did at the end of the last episode. Give me a sentence to sum up the remaining ones we haven't talked about yet. Uh, the Devils and the Rangers, which has tied. They're tied at two games apiece. Remember, the Rangers were up 2-0. It was looking bad for, for you and those relish hot dogs. The series has been tied at two games apiece. Give me a line uh, to sum up your thoughts about that series. After seeing the way the Devils shut down the Rangers in Madison Square Gardens offensively over two games, 
I'm saying I'm feeling good about you eating a poutine hot dog. <sighs> and Jack Hughes is who we thought he was, too. He's been oh, really yeah. good. That's a bad man. Give me a sentence to sum up uh, the Dallas-Minnesota series, which is criminally underrated by everybody. Well, it's because the game started at roughly midnight local each each time somehow. They're really getting hosed on the start times in that series. Um, I think it's still going seven. Dallas is heading to Minnesota for game six, but it's been close enough. Um, We'll see if Minnesota can break through Ottinger in game six and push it to seven, but my gut tells me that one's going seven. It's been really close. Friday, we will have game six between the Carolina Hurricanes and the New York Islanders. Give me a line to sum up your thoughts on that series. It's going to be a party in Rollywood after that next one. I, I just think the Hurricanes... You know, they had they, they they whiffed on their first chance to close it out, but I, I don't think they'll they'll miss it a second time. Good team. They've won a series in each of the four years prior to this one that since Rod Brindamore was their head coach, they, they can make it five in a row with at least one series victory, and I I say they do it. North Carolina. I just wanted that said. Um all right, that's gonna do it for our talk about the playoff series. Uh since it is Thursday, uh it's time for stick taps. Siege, do you have a stick tap? I do. I'm going to take the easy one, and it's going to Ty Cartier, who makes his NHL debut for the Seattle Kraken and scores a goal in, in eight minutes of ice time in Game 5. And, and what a kind of a cool story, right? A guy that, that played out his OHL career in Sault Ste. Marie, uh, didn't get drafted by an NHL team, signed a deal with the Kraken organization, had a great year for Coachella Valley in the American Hockey League, was the AHL's Rookie of the Year, and then gets summoned up with Jared McCann out injured, followed that hit from Kale McCarr and, and scores a goal. I love the shot actually of his parents in the crowd. I don't know if you saw it, Julian, but uh, I believe it was his dad was wearing a Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds hat. His mom had the Coachella Valley Firebirds hat on and a Kraken t-shirt. You know, it's just someone who's kind of had to, to take a winding path to the NHL and uh, made good on a big moment there. So, uh, you know, that's, that's what the playoffs are about. And a stick tap to you, Ty, keep it going. I love that stick tap. Um, I'll be real. I, I don't have an immediate foot that comes to mind. Normally, I'm the one who's supposed to be very prepared. I do not have a stick tap. I might just end up piggybacking on yours because it is a really cool story. Um, it is really awesome to see. Uh, honorable mentions to you know Giannis and his response. And even if I don't agree with everything, it's, it's a good discussion point with everybody as well. Um, I'm, we could, I hesit- what? We could finish the show with a cross-check to our producer, Nick. He ate 10 hot dogs this week. <laughs> I don't know if you saw that. <laughs> Yo, I don't. I feel like if you cross check Nick Andrade after all that, he'd throw up. Yes. So I mean, <laughs> as we all know, I'm I'm a fan of eating a hot dog, but I think eating ten in one one game is is really pushing it. But Joey Chestnut Yo. was in the house; he had to rise to the occasion. Yo, there's a cool photo. Fo- there's a hilarious photo of of Nick just chowing down on this hot dog. It's just. <laughs> 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 this guy just has his hot dog he's, he's wearing sweatbands and a headband and stuff and he try, he's chowing down on them glizzies man <laughs> as I oh, said man. in the as I said in the group chat there's a lot of big oh. Nick energy in there <laughs> <laughs> hey damn <laughs> big Nick energy big glizzy energy <laughs> my man <laughs> Charlie woofing them down <laughs> <laughs> Okay, sorry. Today's been a long day. Uh, we, 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 you got, you got to go do your thing. You got to go cover a playoff series. Um, I, 
I need a nap. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for tuning in uh, for today's episode. Uh, Monday, we'll be back. Maybe the Leafs will have won their series by then. Maybe we'll be talking about a game seven that day. And I'm sure by then other teams will be eliminated from the Stanley Cup playoffs. You never know when it comes to this time of year. But I know this for sure. Now is the time for you to get your questions in for Ask CJ uh, so we can start getting them in for his Inside the NHL newsletter and as well for Ask CJ uh, as we normally do every single Monday. CJ, any last words before I uh, wrap this one up? Nope. Let's just uh, have a great weekend of games. Round two is probably starting around Tuesday next week, so a lot will be clarified in these next few days. For CJ, I'm Julian. So long. Enjoy one hot dog in moderation. Chris Johnston Show. Powered by Sports Interaction. Want to bet? Inside the game, twice a week. Follow Chris on Twitter at ReporterChris. And follow Julian McKenzie at JK McKenzie. The Chris Johnston Show.